this is Desiree. I'm here to welcome you to today's Z-Road Community Podcast. Today we have a special guest, and this guest is a fellow Z-Roader, but you may recognize this voice. And so as we welcome our guest today, let's see if you can place his voice. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? And if you guessed Bruce Wiley, you are correct. Today, we're going to hear a little bit about what God is doing in Bruce's life. He's experienced some some transforming work um, that God has been doing in his heart and in his life. And so we're going to hear just a little bit about that today. And so we want to just welcome him and say, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, when you met Jesus. For me, my life starts on a farm in Saskatchewan, a small town called Norquay, where uh, my great-grandfather actually named the town, but that's a story for another time. My father was a farmer, realized that wasn't really the life for a family. Uh, he went to Winnipeg, took a welding course. We ended up in Sudbury, where dad worked for uh, for Inco for a number of years. Um, always went to church as a, as a youngster. Uh, John 3.16 became the verse that kind of ruled my life. For God so loved the world uh, that he gave his only begotten son. And uh, that's been kind of the story of my life. I was 10 years old when I accepted Jesus for the first time. I say for the first time because, I mean, I, I was baptized as a child, but rebaptized at Centennial Road Church a number of years later. Um, I would say that, you know, being Jesus being with me has always been part of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, certain, there, certainly there are times in my 20s when I probably swayed a little further away uh, than I should have. But, um, you know, when we got married, we were, we were married in a church and that was, you know, we, we went to church and we've always gone to church. So um, that's really the story of how this all started and how God's been working in my life. I believe uh, I came to Brockville in 1971. Uh, I had a chance to leave on a couple of occasions and I never did and I believe God had a purpose for me in staying here it took me a long time to realize what that purpose was but I think the voice on the radio and being able to um, talk Christianity without being ostracized and taken off the air has really been a blessing not only for myself but hopefully for the listeners as well mm -hmm. I'm not shy about talking about my faith I'm not shy about getting people on to talk about their faith. I'm not shy about promoting church activities. And I think that's what God wanted me to do. There's the short version of my life. I am married, Eileen, we've been married for 45 years. We have three wonderful sons. Ben, who's right now in Saudi Arabia, he married uh, me son, they have one daughter, Leah. Danny, who uh, followed me into radio and uh, left Brockville, went on to London where he is right now program director for Blackburn Radio, which is a number of radio stations. His wife, Carolyn, we have two grandchildren there, Andrew and Katie. And our youngest son, Tom, who lives in Ottawa, he works at a group home where he's managing a number of group homes. Uh, he married uh, uh, a lovely gal, and uh, we have two children there, um, Haley and Kira. Well, I have witnessed how God has used your voice on the radio. Um, it is evident to me that your faith is a part of who you are. And just so, so great to hear a little bit about um, how you met Jesus and your family. But we know that you have been on a bit of a health journey over this last season. And I'd love for you to share with us um, a little bit about this story of how God's been working through your physical health. 
I'd love to do that. And, I, and again, I believe that you know, that's the reason uh, that God allowed me to survive so I could share my story and, and let people know that there's hope and that hope is Jesus. Um, on August the 12th, Friday night, I had some discomfort. Didn't do anything about it. Um, the next morning, the discomfort was gone. So I did my usual Saturday routine was to go shopping. I went to a couple of grocery stores, the drugstore, and I was heading home. And all of a sudden, I had an extreme pain across the top of my chest. I phoned Eileen and I said, you know what? I think I'd better go to the hospital. And she said, well, go. I said, no, I'm going to come home, have two aspirin ready for me. Uh, when I got home, she was waiting in the driveway. She had the aspirin. I took the aspirin quickly. We went to the hospital uh, where they uh, admitted me right away, uh, said I'd had a small heart attack. And it was uh, on the Tuesday following that, they sent me to Kingston. And lots of things go through your mind. You know, I, I am 73 years old, so uh, end of life is closer than beginning of life. Mm -hmm. And uh, you sort of think, you know, is this it? Could this be? Could this be what's happening? When I arrived in Kingston, uh, I had no idea. They were supposed to just do an angiogram to see uh, see my heart, but I heard somebody say, "Oh, the heart open heart patient has arrived," and I was the only one there. So I thought, "Oh, they know something I don't know." When they took me in for the angiogram, uh, after it was over, the doctor said, "You are you're a rare bird." I says, looks like you need a couple of bypasses, but you have this thing in your heart called a fistula. And uh, you probably have had it since birth. Well, that seemed to be the topic of discussion for the next week because uh, the surgeon had never seen a fistula in the heart. And so they had to decide what to do with it. On the Sunday before the operation, uh, he asked if I could walk out into the hall and he wanted to show me this fistula. We went from the the top of my heart and it was taking blood away from the heart and sending it to no man's land. So needless to say, uh, I mean, he was a little worried about what was going to happen. Obviously, I'm a little worried as well. But I got to tell you that Tuesday morning, uh, there was a sense of calm like I've never felt before. Hmm. As I headed down to the operating room, uh, the nurse that was taking me in actually had listened to me on the radio because she was from Mallorytown. So that was a little bit of comfort. But I knew, I knew that people were praying for me at that time. Mm -hmm. I had no fear. I had no sense of, uh, of anything other than confidence that uh, if this was it, then I'm going to wake up and see Jesus. And if it wasn't, I'd wake up and see my wife. Yeah. And four and a half hours later, as they woke me up, it was Eileen that I saw. Yeah. But I, I have to tell you that uh, prayer is, is an unbelievably powerful thing. And it, uh, I, I, as I said, I sensed that prayer and I knew, I knew that not only five or six, but maybe dozens of people were praying for me as I headed into that operating room. Mm -hmm. Yes, we, we for sure were praying for you here, um, knowing what, um, not knowing a whole lot, but knowing that you were facing something, um, something big. And so. What an amazing story of how God uses the prayer of his people and the power of it to just give you that sense of calm and that confidence that whatever happens here, I know where I'm going. I know, I know I'm safe. And so um, that's just a beautiful thing. Have you ever experienced that, that type of peace or um, the power of prayer in any other parts of your life? Um. 
I, I can't think of examples, but definitely. I mean, I pray every day. Um, today, um, this week marks 50 days of walking. Uh, one of the things after the heart attack is that uh, I built up to six weeks and that six weeks, I, they wanted me to walk an hour a day. And today marked the 50th day of doing that. And as I walk each morning, I'm walking at the Mac Johnson Wildlife Area, which is very peaceful, very calming. There aren't a lot of people back there when I'm walking that early in the morning. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it gives me a chance to walk and talk with Jesus uh, every morning I do. Mm -hmm. And I hold people up uh, in prayer at that time. Uh, I hold people up who've been praying for me. Uh, I thank God for them. I thank them that, uh, you know, that people were concerned about me. And I know there are many listeners to the radio station that were concerned about me as well. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, prayer is something that... Uh, I don't know, Bill, Bill Tennant taught me something years ago. When somebody says, pray, pray for you, you don't wait and pray for them. You pray for them right now, right then. And so when anybody asks me to pray for them, I do it right then with them. I can remember this lady who was uh, uh, had cancer, and she told me about that. And I'd asked, she was actually a, a, an assistant at an, off, a, 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 an office, and, and I just said, we went into into this room and I said, do you mind if I pray for you right now? And I did. And I think that's that's the power of prayer. And the power of Jesus is that, you know, when somebody wants prayer, you do it right then and right now. You don't wait. And uh, and I sense that um, a lot of people do that. But it was Bill Tennant that, that taught that to me. And the man that really um, there are two people that really um, strengthened my face. Matt Cameron was one of them before we started to go to Centennial Road, uh, it was 30 years ago, no, 40 years ago. Um, no, 30, yeah, 40 years ago, sorry. Um, no, 30 years, sorry, 30 years ago, we went to Centennial Road for the first time. And uh, Mac uh, came up to me and he says, you know, I've been praying for you for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, that's, that's incredible. And the other person that uh, I, that I know is very special to me is Rick Pibus, and I know Rick needs our prayers right now because he's going through a health issue, much more serious than than mine. And uh, these two these two men, these three men, are men of God who have taught me a lot about prayer and faith. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes um, when we think about conversation with God, um, we can convince ourselves. Um, that we can't do it, or we could do it later. Or a lot of times I hear people um, intimidated by praying, not really knowing where to start. Do you have like a method that you typically follow? Do you, are you more conversational in your prayer? Do you have like a process? Um, do you keep a prayer journal? I used to keep a prayer, prayer journal. I don't right now. Um, I, I just start by thanking God. I thank God when I'm walking as an example, I thank him God for the beautiful area that I have to walk in the beautiful country that we live in. Mm -hmm. And then I usually go right into praying for people that are on my heart. Yeah. Uh, and usually there's five or six that are, that, that are definitely right there on my heart. Then I pray for my family mm -hmm. and then I pray for my friends and I pray for those that have been uh, concerned about me. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, takes a few minutes as, as I walk along the yeah. Mac Johnson wildlife trails. Yeah, time can kind of get away with you in those moments where there's peace and um, just just time to have conversation with God. And, and I think that, Judge, I just want to stop you there for a second because I, yeah. I think it's important. I have achieved a lot in this community. I've raised a lot of money. Mm 
-hmm. I say me, it's not me. Uh, God has used me as a vehicle to be able to do that. And a few years ago, I wanted to set the record straight during the palliative care telethon uh, because I was getting a lot of accolades for the money that was being raised. Uh, not me. Uh, I thank God for that. I thank God that gave me uh, the opportunity that that position at the radio station where I'm able to reach people for a lot of great, great causes and uh, and certainly we've been able to do that, but it's, you don't do that without faith and you don't do that without prayer. And prior to anything that I do, whether I'm emceeing an event, whether I'm uh, hosting a telethon, you know, doing some fundraiser, I always pray and ask God to be with me, to be my voice as, as I speak and, and, uh, and talk to people. I love that. That's, that's such a, um, it's a powerful statement because a lot of times we can get caught up in success. We can get caught up in um, what people think. And I don't know, that means a lot to me to hear you say how um, your consistent strength and the power of prayer really is about who Jesus is. And so that is what's true. And so what a blessing. I'm thankful, so thankful that you um, were willing to share with us this story, this story of healing, um, uh, just you know, it's been a trying several months for you, but just being vulnerable and sharing with us has been such a blessing. I'd love the opportunity to pray with you as we close our time together. And absolutely, um, yeah, thank you so much. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for um, how you use us, how you have gifted us in different ways, um, how you're present with us always whether we recognize it or not. I'm thankful for how you've healed Bruce. I'm thankful for um, the ways in which you've used his voice, literally his voice to um, share hope, to inspire people that there is something more. There is something bigger than themselves. Um, I'm thankful that um, you spared his life, that you have brought him to a point where um, he's able to, to really um, emphasize the power of conversation with you. Um, we're just thankful. And I pray blessings over, continued blessings and health over um, Bruce and his family. Would you just continually be that presence for him, reminding him that you're close by. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you, Desiree. Yeah, thank you. All right, C-Road, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we hope that this has been an opportunity for you to feel inspired, that there's nothing um, that can stand in the way of a conversation with God. Even when we tell ourselves there might be, it's just as simple as starting, just starting that conversation and start by thanking him. What a great opportunity to, to talk to Bruce today. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you.